Hello and welcome to episode 30 of The Power of X. I'm your host, Scott Jenkins, and with me is Tori Wasner. Hello, Tori. Hello. How are you going today? Not too bad. Very rainy here. Yes, raining here as well up in, up, up north. Um, yeah, just a bit of, bit of spouts. I took, actually, last night I was actually driving out and all of a sudden like all the roads were just like misty. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's like the roads were just like I'm like they just heated up. Yeah, cool effect. You get the um, fog here in Canberra quite often too. It's it's like a video game. You have to expand your uh, explored area. <laughs> is it is is it just is it just Silent <laughs> Hill over there? <laughs> I mean, that's a <laughs> that's a layered question. Yeah. I'd say yes. Like it's Silent Hill, or it's just like a really really old Nintendo sixty four game. You know, just cover up the draw distance. <laughs> that's exactly it save on resources <laughs> ah so yeah so today yeah tonight we're just going to go ahead and uh we're just going to talk about some xbox stuff um so let's go right ahead to it and we'll just start off with the news okay so not too much within the news at the moment um I've got a couple of things here. Microsoft, they're rolling out with their Xbox Series X. They're rolling out the, um, the server blades for the xCloud. They're actually, from my understanding, what they're actually doing is now when you actually select, play certain games on xCloud, you will actually be able to play them as an Xbox Series X setting. So you'll be able to say, like, do 120 frames per second, ray tracing. I'm not too sure what games have been on that now, but... Um, Obviously, that was probably always going to be the plan. You know, you can't always rely on the one series. So it's good they're starting to come out now, although apparently now they're sort of like officially launching xCloud. But if you live in Australia, unfortunately, it's not for you at the moment, which is sad. Not unless you're in the beta, which I am. Wow. How is the beta? Uh, I've Okay, so considering Australian internet, we don't have the best internet here. It works exceptionally well. Not to the level that I think that really hardcore and competitive sort of players would have a, a fun time with it. Like, there are some issues, but for someone, if you just want to, like, if you wanted to play a little bit of a single-player game on the bus to to work or wherever you're going, yeah, absolutely. That is that is quite shocking, to be honest, like, you know, knowing our history here with our glorious MBN, yeah, it's just uh, with that brand being rollout. Uh, I mean, uh, at the moment now, I've got um, fiber to the premise I'm, with my internet provider now. I've actually, they've actually upped me to about a gigabit of data. Um, yeah, I can only get that cool. on if I got it wired because if I do it wireless, my router isn't good enough. It's about only about 250 megabits. That's still a lot more than you'd probably need within the yeah, home. It is overkill. Um, that actually, yeah. So they basically um, said, okay, we're just going to, because I was already playing for the biggest plan anyway. They said, okay, we just rolled this out. We'll let you have a go. And then in August, we'll, if you still want it, we'll, you charge the full price. So it's an extra 50 bucks. So don't know how I go with that. That's it. That's how they That's get you. <laughs> <laughs> um another thing uh xbox design labs has now started using this series controllers which is absolutely yes unfortunately yes. And again australia they they miss out we missed out on the one yeah. controllers too though yeah, i'm but pretty it's like, sure you know we could just let just let us design me i saw your design it was it was absolutely lovely i just want an all green controller it's all green that's what I love about it. I designed my controller around my favorite character from my favorite game, Jet Set Radio Future. Expect to hear about that a lot more in future episodes. It's it's an Xbox exclusive too. Um, yeah, I designed it around Rith and I fell in love with it and I went, I can't buy this. This is sad. <laughs> yes, one day. <laughs> one day. I mean, maybe, even, I but... do understand, you know, the shipping is probably going to cost more, but... You know, if it's, I mean, it's Microsoft. I mean, you know, they throw money around anywhere, everywhere. But yeah, if it, if it does come out of Australia, yeah, you and I will just be, yeah, I'll get my old green controller. I'm very plain, just like, I like my green, like Xbox. Oh yeah, having having that control over, it, I think there's like a very personal attachment to controllers. 
I end up collecting controllers just because I like the designs and the colors. Yeah. Um, and and it's a personal collection. I don't go like I want every Joy-Con that Nintendo's released. I I want every Xbox controller that they release. I just pick the ones that stand out to me, and I I really like that I can do that. And then you have something where you can design your own. It's an even more personal experience. Exactly. I mean, with me personally, uh, with my Switch controller, I got the I got the initial green and pink ones for Splatoon. And I got yeah. I got to show you once and then I got the American one. I actually shipped that overseas. So now I can have an all green um switch and an all pink switch. And I do alternate. I love it. But that's the thing. Um Joy Cons in particular, because anyway, that's Nintendo stuff, but you can kind of adapt to your mood and this is something that allows you to do that too, to express yourself a little bit more. And I think they also said that they're made out of um recycled materials oh nice off the top of my head oh that's good always good always good to be green like me (laughs) quite literally and conceptually yes and the last bit of xbox news xbox is starting to roll out there are with their cloud-based services where you can basically play xbox anywhere on your phone on your tablet on your laptop anywhere you are and what they're actually going to do now is that if you have an original xbox one whether it be the one x the one s or the vcr the original, <laughs> yeah, you can actually. It, when a game becomes exclusive to the series platforms, you'll be able to stream that to your Xbox One. Which I, I'm in two minds about. It's sort of like, oh, that's a fantastic idea. But then the other time, it's like, well, of course. I mean, it is just a computer at the end of the day, so it can should be able to do it. But I mean, that's always nice to do, you know, just to expand it. Um, you should be. If you are wanting that, you can just keep your machine around and um, when it actually does roll out, yeah, you'll be able to play series games wherever you are. Apparently I heard that it's gonna, it would take quite a bit more trouble to do it on the 360. But wouldn't that be, wouldn't that just be fantastic? Like, you know, I understand, you know, the 360 is conceptually gone, but wouldn't that just be, you know, just with Microsoft's ethos, with all backwards compatibility, just having every sort of Xbox be able to play series games? That would be crazy if they ever did that, especially considering that remark um, when the Xbox One was about to come out. And I said, we got an Xbox for people without the internet. It's the 360. Oh, my God. Yes, for all those people who live in submarines. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What they actually should do as a laugh, they should should actually release it on the OG Xbox. Like have like a somewhere like sideloading an app or something just as a joke, but being someone will figure it out. I just I know it, but it's not going to work that well simply because of RAM. It's still fun to think about though, and and I think that's yeah, that's really <laughs> crazy what they can do with the hardware yeah, now. Definitely, I think they also rolled it out so that you can play on iOS now through a browser, or is, is that soon? I think it's. Uh, I think yeah, like it. Officially, in the US, officially you can do it on, on an iOS browser, which uh, it's fantastic they're able to actually get it on iOS devices, but it's sort of really irksome with Apple that you have to do it through a browser. Like you can't just download an app and run it through there. Like I understand it all web-based, so it works the same way, but you do, there are, you do get some cutoffs when you go through a web browser rather than like having a dedicated app. So yeah, Apple's not really playing nice like the whole thing no. yeah like the whole thing you have to that have to review put every game through submission and have to have every cloud game as its own app and it's so that they can say yeah of course you can but we're going to make it such a hassle that you won't want to yeah apple just being, they call it malicious compliance oh god i just call it apple being apple i mean oh yeah, yeah. i mean i have all the- i have all ios devices but you know I am no big fan of Apple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'll be the news. All right. Let's get into what we've been playing. Well, actually, it would have been yesterday that it would be coming for us. Uh, they finally released the next-gen update for Xbox consoles and PS5 and also the ray tracing update for the PC. So we've been, both of us have been playing a bit of Doom Eternal, uh, our very, well, 
one of my favorite games of 2020. Yes, yeah, so I've been playing it. Yeah, Xbox, me, you, PC. What What are your thoughts? How How did it go for you with the rays and the tracing? Gosh, I, I feel like this might be the controversial take, but <gasps> it, it technologically, I love ray tracing. So let, I'll get that disclaimer out there. I love ray tracing and what it can do. Um, it's going to make a, a hell of a lot easier for developers to add realistic lighting with far less work. The reflections, I feel, can be a little bit distracting in Doom Eternal at times particularly in something that demands like fast reflexes. I've aimed at the wrong thing. Like I've seen something in the wall or the ceiling oh. or the floor yep. move. And my reaction is to aim towards what whatever's moving and it looks enough like a demon and I'm not, I'm, I'm aiming at a reflection. It, it, it's only happened a handful of times, but in the, in the new master level, which I think we'll talk about as well, it got me killed once or twice. Oh no. Oh no! And, it's, and that's just goes to show you that it is that powerful and that realistic that it is distraction and it is throwing you off. That's absolutely amazing. Oh yeah. yeah! Again, technologically amazing. Um, in practice, in Doom Eternal of all games, I just found it to not be the best fit for reflections. Stuff like bounce lighting, realistic like ray trace shadows. Uh, ambient occlusion, all of that adds a hell of a lot to a scene. Yeah. The reflections, I feel like they don't need to be there, especially in the combat arenas. But I'm still finding myself stopping and just admiring it. Yeah. And the mismatch between the animation of <laughs> of the reflection to what you see from first person. You know, he's kind of doing like a little boxer jiggle. Yeah, I saw that video. You showed me a video of someone in the unicorn Doom Eternal skin, and they were going ahead and whacking their um, whacking their sword, and the animation wasn't quite keeping up. It was just just dead. It was just dead silent with the reflection. Oh yeah, <laughs> there were two explanations I saw that I like. The, the first one is just the actual explanation. There's no third person view animations for the Crucible because they're all animated from the third person for battle mode. And you don't have the crucible in battle mode. The other explanation is that he's just moving so fast you can't see it. <laughs> yeah. I will say it's just funny, you know, we've come a long way since um, Duke Nukem 3D. Because that game, when it first came out, it was like you go into the bathroom. It's like, oh, my God, you can actually see your own reflection. I mean, it's just a paste and copy and paste of what is actually showing. Like no actual true ray tracing. But yeah, it was just amazing just to see what the actual, um, what it could actually do. And that, yeah. Yeah, although that that, that one, yeah. Yeah, that one probably had a little bit less animation because it was just the character just holding the gun always and just moving around. Like no, no even separate um, animation when you're firing the gun. It's just stay still. Yeah. Which at least Doom Guy in the original games they had like a had a different animation to actually hold the gun. They had like a two frame sort of. It's almost like a breathing idol. Okay. But yeah, how did um so did, did that run well? The ray tracing on your PC? I had to close a lot of stuff. Um, Cause it's it also, the patch also came with DLSS on PC, which is deep learning super sampling uh, in layman's terms. If you're not familiar, that basically means that it's rendering it at a lower internal resolution. So it doesn't have to figure out what all those pixels look like. And then it uses AI cores to basically stretch it out to the actual size so it uses the ai to kind of guess you, you've probably seen those ai super sampled uh hd recreations of like old video game stuff oh yeah it, it looks good enough but not in motion it's fine it's basically just a way for it to kind of ease the load especially for ray tracing ray tracing is a very intensive process so removing that um removing the amount of pixels that it has to figure out for for lighting helps a lot so the first time I ran it, I was barely getting 60 frames. It was dipping to about 30, 40. Oh, okay. I don't know what was happening. I closed the game. I came back to it a little bit later, but this time I closed a whole bunch of stuff before I started the game. So uh, if you run Chrome, always close Chrome. Don't just like hit the X, like go to the taskbar, right click, exit Chrome. I was getting up about 100 to 150 frames after that. Oh, wow. That's with ray tracing and DLSS. Oh, wow. So would you, because you're playing on a, I know you play on an ultra wide. 
and I think your yes, your that'll be full resolution. So the vertical is fourteen forty p. It's it's still ten eighty. Oh, okay. Okay, but it's just a bit ultra right. Okay, so with your DLSS, what internal resolution would that have been running at? I actually don't know. I, I did see a setting for it. The settings are just um, performance, which is going to get you more frames, but it's not going to look the best. There's quality, which I don't really know what quality does. I'm guessing it's just the same thing, but it's a higher internal resolution rather than a, a drastically lower one. Okay. And then I think there's balance, which is probably just in between. I'm no expert. I, I could probably find the answers if I did quick Google, but... Okay. Yeah. I My guess with other games that use DLSS, it's usually, if it's 1080, it goes down a step to 720. Okay. So if it was 1440, it might go down to uh, 1080 as well. Oh, okay. That's my assumption. All right, fair enough. Um, but still, you got it all running, and um, well, that's yeah. Well, unfortunately, yeah, I, my I, my PC would not be able to run. Um, would not be able to do the ray tracing. Apparently, can't even do Windows Eleven. I don't have the. I have a. Oh. Yeah, I have a Ryzen sixteen hundred. I don't have a good. <laughs> what I, f- I think it's a fine CPU, but apparently Microsoft says no. There's a whole thing to unpack with Windows 11, which no, we don't have no, time for today. No, just not know that I was very little bit annoyed. But, yeah. but speaking of, but going back to the Xbox, yeah. So with me, I was able to play this on all modes. So I have the Series X and the Series S. So with the Series X, you get the ray tracing mode, and then you get what's called the, I think, the performance mode. So with the performance mode, that's what puts it up to. 120 frames per second and then you also get what's called a balance mode and for me i think the xbox the balance mode that's when it actually does uh true 4k 60 because with the other modes it'll drop on the series x it'll drop it down it'll drop its max resolution to about 18 1800p yeah i did so i did both of them i did the ray tracing and i did the um I did the performance uh, performance mode ray tracing. Yeah, I mean, I was able to go. Th- I, w- I went through trying to work out, you know, what was actually ray trace and what was just always been in there. Uh, look, it it is as you said, very distracting. Like I was I was playing the first level and I was go- going through. Um, got to the when you get to the shopping, I think it's a shopping mall, and you have to go and you have to fight those two. There's those two fireballs that keep coming at you. Get in and shoot all the get get all the zombie men and the um, fodder zombies. And then there's um before you get to the arachnatron, there's like a glass plane, and so they yeah, and you can see the other oh, one. Yeah. And then I sort of I saw the hologram saying, you know, oh something weird and creepy i can't remember what it was at that moment in time but yeah as i turned around i had a look at the window and it's like oh there's me it was like it was like a like a parrot <laughs> noticing themselves in the actual mirror yeah i was just gonna say is it cockatiels <laughs> that just are obsessed yeah. with themselves yeah in the mirror yeah that's that's what it feels like um i noticed because i'm wearing the commander keen skin so i was playing um i think i was playing one of the doom hunter levels just to kind of test it all out. And I just kept on seeing purple and yellow everywhere because that's what the skin <laughs> is. Oh, that's awesome. So if, even if it's not a, like a direct reflection, like you're looking in a mirror, it's still reflecting the colors. Uh, that, that's cool. That's the, that's the level that I can live with. Yeah, just uh, like not, if you can like a, like a splendor of nice colors, yeah, that'd be fantastic. It's just when it actually, it's actually showing enemies that really are just a reflection, that's where it's getting us. I think it was particularly bad in the Doom Hunter base and the Cultist base because it's there's so many sharp reflections everywhere, like the there's metallic surfaces. Taras and the Bard is just like there's a lot of puddles oh, yeah. everywhere. There's some metallic stuff. But yeah, I was just going through, and I, and I, I with my playthrough, I had the classic Doom skin. Oh yes, so I can I can see myself. But you no, know, it's uh it seemed to run fine. I didn't notice any frame drops with that. That I didn't really have a really good way of testing it out because the thing is with my tv it's uh it can do it's one of those tvs that has um you push it in you push the button in to show like like a quick menu say you know okay this is on the hdmi it's on this is what frame rate it's running on and because it's got the variable refresh rate on mine uh, it does 120 verbal refresh rate it can actually show you actually show you what actual frame rate it is oh okay be cool if if it had something built into Xbox that kind well, of well, yeah, gave like the a... PC version, that'd be that would actually that would be fantastic because mm. that 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 would 
would have actually helped me out. But from like from a quick glance, like I didn't really notice anything just dropping down. It means it's, it is holding up. I mean, it is only 60 frames a second. So it's not exactly pushing up 120 on Series X. But, you know, for, for ray tracing, which is pretty demanding, I think it, it works pretty well. And so the other one... I think it's amazing that it can get so close to 4K with ray tracing on a console. And so the other one is the performance mode. So that's the... Engine 20 frames per second. That's, I'll be honest, this is probably the one I was most excited for. Like the ray tracing, it's, it's fantastic, but it was always going to do 60 frames per second for me. But with the uh, performance mode, yep, I'm getting, I'm getting 120 frames per second. Yeah, it just looks buttery smooth. Yeah, just do. It didn't really look any different from, say, like the performance mode. Uh, the, the, sorry, the, the balance mode. Maybe a slightly bit blurrier. But that's probably to be expected. But then I also um, now I've also did it on the Series S. So Series S, it doesn't have a ray tracing mode, which is a little, probably a little bit disappointing because, you know, you had this whole thing, you know, Xbox Series S should pretty much do Xbox Series X, but just at a lower resolution. Looks like there are some caveats to that. So, But I was able to test the performance on Series S with the uh, 120 frames per second. And yeah, look, you do notice a little bit blurrier on a 1080p screen, but because it probably, it says it does up to 1080p, but it's probably maybe not going near that. Oh, okay. I don't have an like exact estimate. Oh, yeah. It just looks, looks slight, like a slightly fuzzier. Um, but with, I was able to go through like not really any drops in frames, which is good, which is fantastic. And I, what I did, I ended up testing it out on Super Gore Nest. So ah, that, yes. that's the big thing with my PC. Once I actually, once you actually get up to the actual Super Gore Nest, where you put in like the three keys, that's when it would chug to about say like 60 to 70 frames per second on my PC. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it's just like, oh, you know, really lucky. But yeah, I test, I, that was the, one of the first things I did with the Series S. I went ahead, I put it in and yeah, it not a drop. Absolutely amazing. This $500 machine, you know, just is able to do 120 frames per second on Doom Eternal. That's impressive. Yeah, so it would, this was just a, well, it was a simple update for the Xbox series. You just went ahead. It did a 50, well, it did a 57 gig download. It really did went smoothly. It got in the, um, the save file was there. It assumed that it was like, I, it just updated like an update. Fortunately, from what I'm hearing, the same can't be said for PS5 users, which is a real shame. Yeah. It's not the first game to have this issue from what I've read. A few games that have had um, PS4 to PS5 upgrades have had to have some workaround for saves, like uh, Spider-Man and uh, FF7 Remake. Like they were saying, you know, the whole smart delivery system, that was just a buzzword. Well, it seems to be a buzzword that sort of works. Yeah, it always did seem like the sort of feature that people would take for granted. But um, I think being a PS5 owner and watching how seamless stuff on the Xbox can be, I know a lot of people are asking for similar features for playstation hopefully they implement them um no update no next gen update for the switch though <laughs> not until there's a switch pro although i wonder i wonder <laughs> even with with the switch pro would it actually end up like would you be able to get like ray tracing or um 120 frames per second maybe not in this generation but one day I did end up buying and completing Ancient Gods Part 1 on Switch. Yeah, that's, that's very, cool. pretty much runs the same as the original Doom Eternal. If you play it on a handheld, the frame pacing's a little bit off, but yeah, it seems to run fine. Although I did notice when you're going through cutscenes, it does crackle, which is odd. Oh, Hopefully they fix that because it's very annoying. It seems to be only when you're doing it handheld because if I put a docked, it seems to fix it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's a fickle thing getting that level of game running on mobile hardware but also a new master level that yes, they released in yes yes so i'll have to yeah what is your opinion on this new master level because i haven't actually um played this one because i the last one i did was super gorgeous and i got so far and then i got up to the two tyrants and they absolutely decimated me and then i gave up and i cried what part that there's several two tyrant parts in that yeah, well, I, yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, I only had the first one. Yeah, the wow, first one. Wow, I, I 
yeah, okay. Yeah, no, it keeps it keeps coming up in this, in this new must level of uh, Tarasnabad, which is already one of the hardest levels in the game. And now they've added, so it's an onslaught, you know, with the master levels, what they've been doing with like Super Gornest is like a, a new take on the master levels. The, there was two that came with it originally, one that was a pre-order bonus, one that was built into the game. They're pretty much the same thing, just with harder enemies, but Super Gornest and Tarasnabad are actually changing a lot about the game, uh, the level layout. So that's happening again in Tarasnabad, where there's enemies where there weren't enemies before. Instead of warming you up with a couple of zombies or imps, they're just dropping an arachnotron on you. The They remove the marauder. There's a part in the start of the level where you open a gate and a marauder just comes charging at you. So there's a huge fight before that even happens. There's a huge fight after that happens and you think, okay, well, they took that the marauder and replaced it with other stuff. And then... You start moving through that gate, you you get through the gate, and then you jump onto the first ledge, and there's oh the marauder. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> they they like playing with your expectations. I don't want to get into too many details, because if, if you are familiar with Tarasunabad, part of the fun is just seeing how they play with your expectations. Because you might be going, oh, there's going to be a fight in this upcoming room, but the fight might be in the hallway beforehand. And then there's another fight in the room next. Or maybe this room was just a cutscene originally and now it's a fight. Things like that. It keeps you on your toes, which I, I really, really like. It's got its own set of rewards as well, which I don't think are as exciting as the last one, which was a golden shotgun and now it's a teal-coloured uh, heavy assault cannon. Oh, okay. Teal's my least favourite colour, so maybe that's why. But it actually crashed on me too. Oh, no. So I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> No, you, you couldn't, the DLSS couldn't handle it. It traced too many rays. It actually happened after I shot the BFG, so maybe I BFG'd my, my well, computer. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it is pretty powerful. It, will, it is able to shoot a hole into Mars. Which you shouldn't do. You can't just do that. Well, yeah, that's exact, that is exactly right. Oh, did you end up, um, there is a new, when you do get the update, there is a new um, weapon skin for the um, ballista. Yes, the... Ray Tracer? Was it, is that what it's called? Yeah, exactly right. The Ray Tracer. So did you put that on? I, of course, that's not coming <laughs> off. <laughs> yes, very, very shiny. If you want to go ahead and show your friends this amazing technique, yes, just go ahead and put the Ray Tracing um, skin on your ballista. It'll be fantastic. Yes. Yeah, but just going back to the, the master level where you're going ahead, just playing with your expectation, I did find it, it actually... I actually cackled a some of the time a couple of times when I actually played the original Doom Eternal. Uh, one of the biggest ones was when you first fight the the Doom Hunter. Going hey you had, you had this big boss fight going through, and then once you defeat that, you go through, and then you see him. And well, this is a year old game, so minor spoilers. Um, there's two of them. You, you just you go up and you straight up fight two of them. And I don't know how if I was just so angry or just so scared, but I just burst out laughing because it's just like oh <laughs> you you know you know like they're going in and they're this they're doing their programming it's just like this is funny this is the funniest thing we're ever going to do and then it's a sort of like yeah yeah and another time that happened to me uh angels god part two um i won't spoil it before the final boss fight that section there that was that was that cackled me you see what what where everything is what's actually there and then once it actually starts up, you realize, oh yeah, this is what they're doing. Ah, uh, okay, now I see what this is. And it's I was pissing myself laughing there as well. Yeah. All right. So that might do it for Doom Eternal update. Well, we're just discussing Doom Eternal, really. Fantastic game. It is not to everyone's cup of tea. Uh, and I stand with those people. And it's not bloated, Andy, if you're listening. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know I was going to bring this up, but yes, um, <laughs> it is a game that will break you. It broke me when I first played it, and after the Ancient Gods Pass One, once I finally beat it, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to step away from this for a while. But it's a game that I like to replay. I, I even bought it and replayed it on Switch, and I I was able to do it on the standard difficulty this time. Um, oh, nice! Before we stuff off, I just got to ask one question. Yeah. Of all the enemies, what is your most hated enemy? Like, what's the most annoying enemy to you? Oh, probably the whiplash. Oh, yeah. They just, they kind of push you around a lot. 
and that can get really frustrating. A lot of my deaths in my Ultra Nightmare runs have been from Whiplashes just kind of not letting me dodge and dash and move out of the way of enemies. They just kind of hit you and it pushes you and you're kind of stunned. Not the Marauder. Marauders are fun to fight once you figure out how. That's it. They are very, it is very confronting and you will rage with them. But once you actually understand what it is, like when you get to Angel Gods Part 1 and he comes up with that two sections with a section where there's two of them, no spoilers, that was on the trailer. You understand what it is and you understand how to find Yeah, my most hated enemy. You ready for this? The Prowler. The Prowler. Oh, just a regular Prowler? Yeah, just a regular Prowler. I, I, yeah, I've, there was the other one um, in Angel Gods Part 2. The Cursed Prowler. The Cursed yeah. Prowler, yeah. i got to say, I'll go with the original Prowler because it tries to distract you by saying it's an imp. Like, it's not an imp, but it's sort of... Yeah. When I go ahead, I'm trying to get into enemies and I, I just, okay, I, I see an imp. I'm going to chainsaw him and then I realize, oh no, that's not an imp. That's a prowler. Yeah, it's it's always the insufficient fuel that makes you realize, isn't it? <laughs> I do the same. Yeah, and then once you have the two, like you have one or more, more than one fuel, you go ahead and do it. You understand what it is. Oh no, I just wasted this on a prowler where I could have gone some other enemy. So yes. I mean, you get some other annoying enemies, like you get the carcass. I respect the carcass. Like, you know, it goes up, it throws all these walls, but you understand, you see it, you go, all right, I know what you're playing at. I understand what you do. Let's fight. I respect them up until some of the master level things where there's like five or six of them at a time and you see, you get that glory kill in the corner of the eye and you're like, I'm going for that. And then just six walls appear between you and that glory kill. <laughs> Master levels, no one plays fair. No, but I, th- I think the carcass has a whole new level of um, getting under your skin in those master levels. It is sort of amazing that with those master levels, they sort of do have that new appreciation, you know, new way of thinking how to tackle this monster. Yeah, and just different combinations. And yeah, it's, it's clever. All right, so that's it for Doom Eternal. Let's go ahead and I'll talk about my next game, which is, as you probably already know, if you listened to the previous episode, I have been going through it and I have been playing the Yakuza series. So this was this was recommended by you, Tori. Yes. I went ahead and I went by your advice and I went and started with Yakuza 0. So for those of you who don't know with the Yakuza series, it actually ended up, it started with the during a PS2 era. It was a PS2 game. It was exclusive to Japan, um, but it did release later on in the West. We don't talk about that localization. Yes, we don't talk about that localization. Uh, Mark, from what I just recently found out Mark Hamill was in that localization. Mm. And Mark Hamill forget, doesn't remember he was in that localization. I'd want to forget too. It's- yeah, I'm thinking it's sort of a forced force forgetfulness. He's taken something to just completely wipe that out of his memory. Yep. No, I sort of, I see, did see fit, um, videos on that and it's just, yeah, nah, just too much. Honestly, I, I don't mind swearing, but there's just forced swearing on that one, which I don't really find appealing. Um, but no, it started out with the PS2 series, Yakuza 1 and Yakuza 2, and then it went ahead and started off going off with the PS3. So I believe that was Yakuza 3, 4, and 5. Yep. And then when they went ahead, I think it's still PS3 as well, but then they went ahead and did a prequel, which was Yakuza 0. And then with that, they did the remakes of the first and the second game. So they're known as Yakuza Kiwami 1 and Yakuza Kiwami 2. And so those ones um, are all on the PS4. They went on the PS4. And then it eventually ended up coming onto Xbox Family. So the idea is like, ideally, you would go ahead and you would say, uh, play Yakuza Kiwami 1, 2, basically play and bite the chronological order by release date, depending on, regardless if it's a remake or not. But as you suggested to me, I should, I started with Yakuza 0 and you're absolutely right. You do, if you are starting with these series, I will go ahead, start with Yakuza 0. The way it is, is that it really, with, I feel like it's more to do with Yakuza, Yakuza Kiwami 1, where Yakuza Kiwami 1 released after 0. It ended up um, putting a lot more story elements 
that weren't wasn't in the original expands on a um certain character yeah so definitely do that so yeah i started off with yakuza zero so you're going ahead you're in 1988 so you start off as in the series and throughout all the series as a gentleman called kazuma kiru or is that the way you pronounce it um what was that kazuma kiru Ki- Ki- sorry kiru yeah because like everyone just calls this guy kiru but i'm not too sure if with 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 the, how the Japanese handle their first and last names, if they go by the last name first and then the first name, or I believe Kiryu is his surname. Oh, okay. So yeah, you go ahead and you play as a freshly started yakuza called Kiryu. This series is pretty much a pretty much a brawler series. You go ahead, you pick and fight. Well, you don't so much pick fights. You you fight people who pick fights on you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, with the series, it is very uh, quite story driven. It is a very crazy story. Uh, with Yakuza Zero, you're basically starting off. You're basically just starting off fresh. You you're beating up someone who hasn't paid their money. Yeah, you know, as a typical Yakuza fashion. But then it turns out that you go ahead, you go to sleep, and then when you wake up, you find out that your um that person who you beat up has been murdered, which is not good for this um for Kiru. So you have to go ahead and you have to try and solve the murder how this person was murder and you t- it's all intertwined into corruption and um betrayal well this is the yakuza so i mean that is somewhat to be expected but you it's very interesting the way it works with the with the startup because kiru he is quite young and you he's sort of a um sort of a fault soldier i believe within this um within the yakuza because he's part of the the overall clan he's in it's part of the what's called the tojo clan with that you've got your sort of certain family so he was at the dojima clan and with the dojima clan they've got their all their lieutenants so you've got um three basically three lieutenants i believe who look after you then you've also got a um there's three yeah three got three guys and they're sort of like they're sort of hard up hard up yakuza 80s hard up yakuza guys you gotta the hairstyles are just really really out there just uh, like, love the hair yeah <laughs> and I, I, I suspected i i found out they're actually all from japanese actors yeah uh, yeah which i didn't really know i didn't really know, know at the time at the time i just thought those are like you see curious like he's a really good model but then you see these other these lieutenants like okay they actually look really detailed i dare say there's probably um actors and yeah definitely there was um there's a funny because the um i don't remember the other two names uh kazu that's sort of the guy who's really in your uh kiru's uh, i got i don't i can't really get, get the pronunciations right because um you want me to say them all yeah 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 if you could that'd be great thanks yeah, like you said kuze is kind of your main rival throughout the game uh awano is well, Awano is more of a, just a jerk, really. Um, kind of like a slimy jerk. And then you got uh, Shibusawa, who's more of a, he seems nice on the front, but like, you're wondering why. Yeah. You know, you feel like there's more to him. Mm. Yes. So you, you got this, and then you've also got the um, uh, the actual do- Dojima, head Dojima guy. Um, can't remember his actual name. Um, Dojima. Dojima. Yeah, well, yeah, Dojima. Yeah. Of the Dojima clan. Doji, yeah, yeah, the Dojima clan. He he looks like a fun model. Like he was, he definitely, he definitely wasn't based on someone. He looks like very unique looking way they modeled that character. Oh, yeah. But basically you go in head and there's, so uh, yeah, because there's um, up and all in your grill. Um, Anuar's just being, yeah, as you said, just being a jerk. And the idea is you're going in, you're just trying to find out, sort of trying to work out who's, He's basically murdered these murders person, and because it's it's you, it's your suspect is you, Kiru. Uh, you're sort of um, you're on the run, basically. You're on the run all the time. That's a series. That's the Yakuza Zero, and so it all takes place in this place called Kamurocho. Probably not repenting. What's is that? Kamurocho. Kamurocho. You can you can just say Kamurocho. Kamurocho. The 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 starting well, place. It, it's technically Kamurocho. Yeah. Like Kamuro Town. It's um, based on the real life place in Japan called Kabukicho. Yeah. Which is like a red light night district. Oh, wow. Yeah. I need to go. I need to go back to Japan. Once this, once this all is over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going. I'm go- Take that-, that virtual 
tourism to real life to, uh, tourism. A lot of the stores in um, Kamurocho are actually places in Kabukicho. It's just like Don Quixote. Uh, a lot of the beef ball places, they're actually there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with the gameplay wise, uh, you, you're just going around, you're basically trying to level up throughout the game. You um, you go ahead and um, you're, walking, you're walking around the streets and every so often you'll get... Fo- you get picks fights from um someone so like someone from yakuza some grease balls you know every sort of characters they try and go ahead and try and beat you up it's interesting the way this game works in that it does it's not for the others because they have a traditional like point leveling up system but this one you level up by gaining money and spending it on yourself yes so once you go ahead and you beat up this money it's like you you will get insane amount of money but You'll use that money on yourself. You go ahead. You max out your um, fighting styles, which about to, there's um, there's three there's three for Kiru in Yakuza Zero. You got your standard one. Um, then you got your one with sort of like a purple sort of um, f- uh, fast fighting, um, just to, like smaller hits but faster hits. And then you've got your um, bigger sorry beast mode. Beast mode, yeah. We go ahead and you basically you just wall up any very one and you can pick up large objects and throw them at people. And that's another appeal of the game is that you not only do you have your fists to work with, you also get weapons, which you can use. And then you also get any sort of random object within the place. So you get um you can get uh like mailboxes, lift them up, throw them at people. You can get bikes, throw them at people, you can get witches hats, street witches hat, get them up, throw them at people. And it's just a blast. You're just going in and just pushing through. I did say for my playthrough, I would have probably stayed, stayed with, with the standard mode. I didn't really focus on the beast mode or the fast fighting mode. But yeah, so it's an interesting way it levels up with money. The only issue I found is that there's a certain guy in there called, oh, what's it called? He's basically a big, he's a big, big guy and he picks fights on you and- Mr. Shakedown. Shakedown, that's right. Mr. Shakedown. Uh, if you lose against him, he takes all your money, which is I'm very, very I get very scared when I see him. <laughs> so best. Oh yeah, I I never beat him. I always ran away. Yeah, but you it, it it sort of forces you to make sure that you're not just casually just running around because if you're casually running around, you will bump into him and you can't get out of it. So you have to make sure you're sort of always on your toes. Yeah. So that's Kiro. But with Yakuza 0, this also introduces you, well, for me, it introduced me to the character Guru Majima, which is, he's a bundle, he's a, quite a bundle of fun. Oh yeah, he's a fan favorite. He is very much a fan favorite. Although it is interesting with this, because you're playing Yakuza 0, it's his origin story. Like it is origin with Kiru as well, but uh, with Majima, the thing is with Majima, he's crazy he just goes around and he's always picking fights at kiru they're good mates for some reason but he's always trying to beat up kiru and just getting into crazy schemes and with this yakuza zero you see him and he's just a bit leveled back which this is interesting to me because i never really knew who majima was before yakuza zero and so playing through it's like oh, okay he just seems like this other guy who sort of acts like kiru you know he's yeah he's a bit he's honorable like Kiro, but he's got a knife. Can get a little bit crazy sometimes. You play through it and it's sort of, I don't know if it spoiled me or sort of not disappointed, but just sort of interesting way they've done it. Because you would think there's no, I didn't really feel like there's no like extreme moment when he went crazy. It just seems to, for me, it just seems to like he just, after he's been through all this, once you play the game, he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to live like this. There's no like shocking moment where he just, he jokified. I think um, his character arc for this is basically he starts off with a broken spirit. He's trapped in uh, Sotenbori. There's some events that they do kind of touch on in a later game as well, so I won't go into detail here. But basically, he's he's basically just lost his eye. That's why he's wearing his uh, trademark eye patch. Uh, he experiences it a lot during this game. It's worth mentioning that every two chapters or so, it switches between uh, Kiryu and Majima. So you kind of play a little bit as one character, and then it seems to go to this completely unrelated story with the other character. And Majima, in his little snippets, he he goes through a lot. Uh, He meets a lot of different people with a different outlook on life, and he kind of, it's kind of like a nihilist approach where he goes, well, Nothing matters, so I might as well enjoy my time here while I'm here. He hears bits and pieces about Kiryu 
throughout a certain part of the story and he kind of kind of comes to admire him without having actually met him which makes it really interesting by the time it gets to the next game in the in the story where they've definitely met they they definitely know who each other are i don't think they know that they're connected completely in zero just how much at least kiryu doesn't but i i at first it was really jarring to see majuma kind of go from this sort of quiet and hesitant personality to someone who's just so full of life but the more i think about it the more it makes sense because he was like that that they they show him in some other later games what he was like before yakuza zero and then you can kind of contrast that with throughout zero he's trapped he and he knows he's trapped he doesn't really see much point in living because he's just not living his life he's he's literally being held prisoner in um asaka desperate to join rejoin the the yakuza because of um he's being kind of kicked out from the events in the, uh, prior to the game. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting character study. I don't know if they fully executed it quite well. Like, I had to do a lot of thinking to kind of come to this conclusion, but yeah. yeah I think it's just one, once you go ahead and you think about it more, once you played all the game and you think about it, you sort of do understand how it is, but sort of once, I think it's just once you actually, for me, once I went ahead, I finished Yakuza 0, then went on to Yakuza 1, and the first scene you see with Majima is like, Oh, okay. Sadly loopy. That's quite a turnaround. And so, but then when you're looking back on that through Yakuza Z, you can slowly see how that, how that goes through. Yeah. That is, um, yeah. So Yakuza Zero, um, oh, I, I absolutely, I absolutely love Yakuza Zero. I've got to be honest. I, the, cause I played through Yakuza Zero, Kiwami 1, Kiwami 2, and then I've done 3 and 4. Yeah, with the gameplay, if you if we're going by that order, uh, Zero and Kiwami One, they play the same. And yet, Kiwami One, you do it trades the money for the um, actual point system. Still has the the same way you allocate it, but it's it's a traditional you earn experience points. It's actually a reason for that in why it's different in Zero. Uh, it's based on an era in Japan. It was basically a, a big economic bubble. Everyone was rich, particularly around real estate and investment. There's a lot of side stories in Zero oh, yes. relating to real estate. Um, even the main plot is about real estate. I don't think this is a, a, a too big a spoiler, but basically that murder that Scott was talking about at the start of the game happens on an empty plot that uh, Dojima clan are trying to secure to build the Millennium Tower on that becomes like a staple in future installments of the game. The Millennium Tower hasn't been built yet in this game. It's a, it's just a cluster of buildings. They're trying to secure the rights to all of the, the land and they can't find the person who owns this one little bit of land that happens to be the place that Kiryu is framed for a murder on. And so some of the, Kiryu's most powerful allies in the game are real estate agents. Yeah. They're trying to help Kiryu clear his name as well, but they also going to benefit in uh, getting that deed to that land as well. Mm. It's sort of funny, yeah, it's with all the, you know, because that, these are Yakuza, these are criminals, but they're trying to do it in the most legal way, <laughs> which is absolutely, absolutely funny to me. I know it, it, it does make sense. What's well, It's like that in reality, because a lot of people will say that the Yakuza are the Japanese mafia. And I don't think that's, it's not a one-to-one comparison. I mean, even Mafia, the stereotype is that they're just mobsters and they just do crimes. But they're actually, they do have legitimate businesses and so do the Yakuza. In fact, the Yakuza have a lot of legitimate business. They just, the way that they conduct some of it isn't above board. I mean, you can make that argument about actual businesses, but let's not get political. Well, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, certain, certain businesses. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. Everything that happened in this game is viable. It could have happened in real life. Not to the degree of exaggeration that the game portrays, but definitely the, no. the general theme of it. And it does, it does get a bit wild with the... Um, it does get wild with the exaggeration. I mean, there is one section. I'll just say there is a section where you actually go ahead and you're fighting a helicopter. Yeah. The way you fight the helicopter, who is shooting rockets at you, is with a pistol. So you go ahead and the character is there and they just shoot the rockets. Like just... Yep. Like, yeah, this, if, you, if you get Kiru, he could probably pistol start a cyber demon just easily. <laughs> oh, yeah, you could probably punch him to death. Oh, my, oh yeah. I mean, that, that's the other side of the coin with Yakuza that you've touched on there is that this is a serious crime drama game. 
but it has a lot of self-awareness and a lot of silly fun with that concept. I don't know if it was this game specifically, but they added um, karaoke to the game, to the series. Pretty sure Zero was the first one they added it to, but I, don't quote me on that. Okay. But the idea of this super stoic and serious Yakuza guy, if look up a picture of Kiryu if you don't know what he looks like already. <laughs> Imagine him singing 1980s pop ballads. That's what Yakuza can be as well. <laughs> and he's just, a, he really is just a helpful, helpful guy. You know, because you, the, the thing, yeah. Like, yeah, because with Yakuza, not only do you have your main mission, you have side missions. And these can get pretty wild. Like, um, you, you can go, you're just basically helping people. There's one where, um, <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Oh, there's one where there's a, ch- there's a kid. He's waiting up as a, at the Don Quixote and he's looking for a, he's waiting for the latest and greatest game. And it's for, I don't know what the actual name of the game is called, but basically it's Dragon Quest three. Cause that was the, yeah, big, yeah that was the biggest thing. They and don't say by name. No, but it, that's what it is. Yeah. Although that now if we, we are at Yakuza seven, they probably could say that name cause they dropped that. They do. They, they name drop. Uh, Dragon Quest in Seven, which I absolutely love. I'm I, I'm so looking forward to playing that. No, this uh, and so the idea is that with this quest is that you're trying to help the kid. Someone's stolen his game, so you go ahead, you beat that person. The person said, "Okay, okay," but someone else stole it from me, so you go ahead, you beat that person, and it keeps going on and on until you get to the final person. And it, it, it turns out it's a Yakuza, so you fight this Yakuza. And then it turns out that this Yakuza is the bo- original boy's father. So he was trying yeah. to, so he was trying to he was trying to do a good thing in his Yakuza ways. In a bad way. Yeah, but it ended up um yeah, he ended up just stealing his son's game. No, you just get some yeah. crazy things like there's a in Yakuza Zero, there's a one section where there's a uh, you get to like a hostess club. Um uh, there's Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you just you act to, what you're doing. You're going around. You're having a look. You're your Majima in this one, I believe. And then you're looking around, and then all of a sudden you see this gentleman, and he's just in these under whitey tidies. Oh, and, yeah. yep. And he's just he's just actually dancing along. He's just dancing along. Yep. He's just and, and just Majima's just like, what the hell? What the hell is this? Oh no, yeah, it just drop drops it. It's just like this is. It just does these crazy things. Oh, he'll keep popping up. Don't worry. Oh, yes. Yes, I did see him. And what's it? I can't remember his name. I, th- I think I blocked it from my memory. Oh, it's something like, I know it's walking and then a certain function of the body. Anyway. Yes, anyway. <laughs> I think one of my favorite side stories was with Majima where he has to infiltrate a cult, a straight up cult to save somebody's daughter. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to go ahead. And actually, this would have been um, because I mentioned this would have been based off the. I don't remember the name of the cult, but it's a real life like happy cult in Japan. Brush up my history, but yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah, but this is um, it, like I remember this would have been based on that. But yeah, that's a that's an intense one, and it just it turns out you know this it's just a scam, and this Majima finds that out. But I just love the whole thing. You have to you have to do the dance. Like, you have to do the, the special um, Hello Greetings. Like, Munancho. Shiro Pippi. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but it's just sort of, yeah. And like, um, yeah, as you say, like, Yukiru, you're going ahead. You can do the ka- uh, karaoke. You also do disco. Yep. Probably seen that meme, you know, of um, Kiru and. Uh, Friday night. Fr- it's Friday night. Although I suspect, is that a, like a, I don't know. Do they actually, can they actually dance together or. I think there's a multiplayer function ah, in the game somewhere. That would explain it. Yeah, that, it's cool that there's all these side stories, but there's also like side games. So like you mentioned with the, the cabaret club, with Majima, you can um, manage a smaller uh, cabaret club. Because part of the story is that he's meant to be the management uh, manager of the largest cabaret club in uh, Sotenbori to try and pay back a debt. But he also helps out a smaller one and he actually have more hands-on control over how the girls dress up and how they interact with customers. But then Kiryu also has his own side story or mission where you're kind of trying to snap up all the real estate in the area, kind of playing into that theme of real estate. It's cool that there's a lot of ways to engage with the game outside of the main story. I'll be honest with me, like with the cabaret club and the real estate, I didn't really get too into those. No. I was more focused on um, trying to do the main story and uh, doing the side missions because um, they were quite, they were actually quite fun. Yeah. But that is, um, 
Yeah, Yakuza Zero. So yeah, if you actually if you have not touched Yakuza that game yet from Tori and me, definitely Yakuza Zero. It's 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 just it's just crazy. It is really as I said, it is really itching that metal gear itch that I've been missing. Or it's serious and silly at the same time. Very very serious, but very silly. I love it. We'll just discuss, I'll discuss what we're playing next week. So for me, I'm still continuing on with Yakuza 5. Sort of a very different because it, like going from Yakuza 0 to Yakuza 5 with the amount of years that's gone through. Because I believe that's based in 2012. 2012? I think so. Kiri's getting a bit bit older. But yeah, I'll be playing through that. I've only started with him because there are multiple characters in that game. So I've only started with him. And then um, um, what I'll do also go through, go up again with Scar Nexus demo because I believe that game's already come out. Uh, but I'll go through the demo, see how that um, how that plays out. And then also might go um, see how I go. Uh, Knockout City, that's that EA game. A lot of fun. It's basically dodgeball. Yes, fun dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much what I think I might go with um, for the next podcast. Um, anything you might want to go at, Tori? Um, well, now that you're up to Yakuza 5, I might pick up where I left off in that game. Um, there was a certain part that just kind of I didn't vibe with and I dropped it to play other stuff. Always happens where you just like you, you drop a game and then you forget about it. So I want to revisit that. But also my friend recommended Bug Fables, which just got added to the Game Pass. Oh, okay. So I wanted to give that a little bit of a go, see see what I think. Definitely looking forward to hearing that. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you, for Tori, for coming in, having a chat. Anytime. Anytime. Chat what going on, play some Eternal, going on about Yakuza. All right. And oh, yeah. Yeah. And thanks, everyone. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Power of X. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, Focus and PlayState. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodula community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at GamePodula for updates, news, and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our show, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podula Patreon. The details for both are on our website. This episode was edited by me, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Scotty J Man. That's T H E S C O T Y J A Y M A N. And you can also follow Tori at Stew Two. That's S T W T W O. Thanks for listening. <laughs>